There's a Zen proverb that says, It takes a wise man to learn from his mistakes, but an even wiser man to learn from others. This is Raw Rants. Raw Rants. Business and life is hard. And on this show, you'll hear from people that have been through it all. The ups, the downs, the struggles, and the wins. Get ready for a real, direct, unscripted, fun, and thought-provoking podcast. This is Raw Rants. Your host is a dad who built six companies. He's a serial entrepreneur angel investor, soccer club co-owner who's lived in Europe, Asia, and North America. Oh, and he's a dog dad, Stefan Tieringer. Folks, this is another edition of Raw Rants. As you know, if you're an old friend, my name is Stefan Terringer. If you're a new friend or new friends, welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, we got quite an addition for you. We have a guest who is hailing from Montvale, New Jersey. I'm going to give you a little bit something. He has been quite through some struggles in his life. One thing that connects us, he is a practitioner of Krav Maga. And the reason why he's connected with me on that is because when I was at the German military, we actually learned some of that as well. Now, he's got a full house as well. He's got three daughters and a wife. I mean, a house full of women. And while I don't know his wife's age, his daughters are 11, 9, and 7. Can you imagine craziness with one daughter I have? Wow. He runs quite a few different businesses. He runs a podcast like me. He talks a lot, a lot, a lot about morning routines. He has a roofing company and a marketing agency, and he's going to tell us quite a bit more about that. When people describe him, he talked to him, he'll say people describe him as goofy, funny. He likes to party, but he's still looking for balance. Yeah, good luck with that. But one thing I can tell you guys, he is no doubt a super, super kind human being. And he's with me right here, Ryan Cote from good old New Jersey. Ryan, welcome, welcome, welcome. What an honor to have you here. That's awesome. Thanks for your time and making time for us today. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. It's going to be a lot lot of fun. I can tell just from the intro. (laughs) Awesome. So, Ryan, there's so many things you do. There's so many things you're involved in in business and you're an entrepreneur, first and foremost. And then there is kind of your own journey that got you to become an entrepreneur. But also today, some of the things you've learned then support you in your day-to-day practice expression as an entrepreneur. Maybe let's start there. Um, it, it, people say, I, I, you and I both meet people, they say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Well, what does entrepreneur mean to you and how do you identify as an entrepreneur? Yeah, my definition is someone that has a business or businesses, someone that creates things, uh, creates an opportunity for themselves, for other people, provides jobs. Um, and that's that's what I do. You know, I've been, I had, I had two, ju- I had two jobs outside of college. Uh, not for very long. I think one year and six, one year at one place and six months at the other. And then, uh, 
at that point, you know, after that, I joined the family business and have done a bunch of other things since then. So I love it. It's, it's maybe it's in my blood. I don't know because like my my great uncle started Valentine back in the mid '60s. So I don't know if there's something you know. It's in yeah. your blood, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So so let's talk about being an entrepreneur. You said you joined the family business. I mean, family business is always something that on one side, it's a gift. On the other side, it can be difficult to maneuver sometimes because sure. all the personalities, we don't get to choose family. We get to choose friends. And then now you're in the family business. How did that work out? It honestly has been okay. I mean, I, I, you know, I know there's a lot of horror stories. I mean, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but... You know, right now it's my uncle and my two brothers who own the business, the roofing and the marketing. And then my cousin works there too. We've had some other cousins intern. My dad retired in 2017. I mean, my dad's probably the one with the strongest personality, very type mm -hmm. A and like, let's go. He kind of like tapered down a little bit as he got older. Yeah. Um, you know, but even when he was in it, like, I think the way we make it work is there's like a clear we all have our clear roles and mm. and we stay in our lane, though they do overlap a little bit. Um, you know, open communication, uh, regular communication, even in COVID, like we haven't, we have, we still have an office, but we're all remote. Like this is my, yep. used to be my kid's room. Now it's my home office, kid's playroom. And so, uh, you know, like for, for example, next month we're the four of us are going down to Florida just to meet and talk about the business and things like love that. It. So I think yep. that's how we've made it work, yep. you know? No, I love it. So, so some of the lessons, somebody listening, I mean, going, oh my God, I have a family business. Oh, oh my God, this is like relatable to me. The, the uncle's in the business, dad's in the business, brother, sister, etc. What are some of the things, the big things as people start the journey, but then also kind of stabilizing that journey? What are some of the things you would say to somebody who says, I'm going to get into the family business? What's kind of the exclamation marks and the mic drops you would give them? <laughs> Yeah, I think it really comes down to a lot of that personality. Like, we, none of us have egos. None of us need to be like the top dog. Um, there is a top dog, my uncle, um, in terms of like ownership uh, percentage. But even with that, like, he doesn't act like that. We all have a say in things. We all can contribute our, right. our our opinion about things. So I think it's not having an ego. I think that's a big part. We all and like I said mm. before, we all have our clearly defined roles. Like, I'm the digital. I'm on the digital. My brother and uncle are on the print. Uh, my brother, Scott, does mostly the roofing. And so we have like these things we're working on. I think too, and I don't know how you like how to convey this, but we all want to pull our weight. And I think mm. that comes down to a personality thing. You know, like if I feel like I'm slacking a little bit yeah. for whatever reason, I feel this overwhelming sense of like obligation to step it up a little bit. Because, you know, you want to feel like you're pulling your weight. And nothing, I feel like we all feel that way. Yeah, nothing like peer pressure, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so exactly. I, I, you know, I, I think probably it's interesting. I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. What I'm hearing you talk about is also accountability and values, right? What's important to you and what's important to the business is something that's reflected in the way you also show up, the way you present yourself. What are some of, from your side and, and, and the guiding light, so to speak, also in some of the other things I want to talk about, which is your morning practices and, 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 kind of that, I don't want to say regiment, but there's a discipline to it, right? The the, the cleanliness of, of mind. What are some of the values that have kind of guided you and that you would say, probably if you can narrow in on that, that's the most important piece? Values like for how I live my life or the values in relation? In, in general, to maybe, maybe, maybe both. Because I think, and maybe that's a question I want to ask you. I always think if, if I have skewed up values, That translates into the business. Doesn't matter if that's personal or business. 
if I'm not somebody who lives with integrity or I don't live with honesty or I don't live with timeliness or whatever else it may be, and I don't have respect or grace or uh, uh, kindness, well, it doesn't matter if it's in my personal life or my business life. So, sooner or later, that's kind of just kind of, you know, I'm yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so so is there yes. something that sticks out for you? Yeah, I mean, there's two ways to answer that. First thing, in terms of values, um, definitely uh, all four of us, definitely kindness, family first. Like we, you know, we try to, even though not everyone at Valentine's family, we really try to be flexible and caring and show that we have an interest in them, that they're not just an employee. And mm -hmm. we, I think we've always done it that way. Not that I was around in the 60s and 70s in the business and 80s and 90s, <laughs> but, you know, they were – I was going to say, if you were around in the 60s and 70s, you're looking really damn fucking good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 79, but uh, so, uh, yeah, kindness, the way, we, the way you treat people, it's like that old story about how if you want to see how someone really is, take them to a restaurant and see how they treat the waiter or the waitress. You oh, know, yeah. I think that tells a lot about a person. Oh, yeah. Um, and so kindness is definitely big for us and how you how we treat people, being fair, giving people a second chance if they need it. Um and then the other way I was going to answer that is like, it's part of my morning routine. Like I, I journal down like my intentions for the day. And I so values, intentions, I'm not sure they kind of are somewhat similar, but like I write down how I want to show up across like love, energy and work. And so mm. for like love, I write down warm, present, encouraging, not that I nail that every day, but I try across energy. I write down abundant, grateful and zestful. And then across work, I write down confident, calm and ambitious um, now, I don't have kind in there, but um, but that is, I that love is. this. So say this again. So you write three, almost like three categories down. Did I hear this correct? Love, energy, and work. Yes, I love that because I think this is. I mean, it. it, it I mean, you just triggered something for me where I'm going. Wow, that's how the world works, right? If we're all the right energy, you know, don't submit to energy. Be the energy. Bring it into the room. Love is like everything what I think we talk about, love, kindness, relationships, et cetera, et cetera, self-love, acknowledgement, et cetera, et cetera. And work is, I think, I mean, work, there's so many ways to interpret it, right? Work, I think we are so short-sighted. Sometimes we just look at it, work, where we go to work for someone else. But work can yeah. be my life's work, my legacy, whatever sure. it may be. I love that. How did you come up with those three things? So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give give credit where credit's due. Not that he would not I mean maybe he'll hear this, but this guy Brian Johnson, he runs his optimized program. It's optimized.me, not plugging him, just answering the question. And uh, it's a it's like a 10-month course and it's all videos and whatnot. And a big part of it is really zeroing in. Actually, it's it covers a lot, like eating, movement, uh, personal development overall. And mm -hmm. a big section of it was was intentions. And I never like didn't this was something I adapted to my morning routine as a result of this course. And so he talks about these three major pillars in your life that runs everything, which is love, energy, and the work. And then he, um, I sort of adapted it a little bit, but he basically says, all right, every morning journal about how you want to show up that day mm -hmm. across those three pillars. And for me, it's the same thing every day because these things are really important to me. Like warm, that's, I guess that's kindness. Present, I have to remind myself, I'm not going to go through them all, all again, but like present, I have to remind myself. And it, you know, I'll give you an example. Actually happened last night. The present thing, I write it down every day because it's a good reminder. Like last night I was doing work and my daughter was trying to talk to me and I wasn't like fully focusing on her. And I was like, hey, idiot, remember present. And so mm. I put the computer down and looked at her. 
I love that. I think that's such a, you know, I think present with how I don't talk about work-life balance anymore, right? It's work-life integration. And that's just a perfect example you just made because most of us work out of home offices now. We gave our corporate office and, and in 2020 of May, we gave that up as well. Because mostly yep. when we, the work I do with Human Innovation Garage, we go to clients and everybody's now good with doing a lot of the things remotely. And if we're on site with clients, well, I don't need an office. That's not, you know, it's not about me, 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 me. I think that's such an interesting thing. So one of the things I'm, I'm really curious about is you, you mentioned the word morning routine a few times now. Yeah. What is your morning routine? And as people are listening, if somebody... A lot of people are reluctant. What's a morning routine? I don't have time for that. How did you How did you build it? What is your morning routine? And what would you tell people if they're saying, I want to dabble in that a little bit from your perspective? And I know you've spent a lot of time thinking about this. I mean, you've written a whole thing about it, uh, right. a thing being a book. Um, we're going to talk about that in a second. Or we can talk about it now if you want. I mean, that's a perfect, you know, it's a perfect moment to really talk about the book. Um in regards to how did you come up with it? Why did you realize it was so important for you? And and how do you now relate that knowledge to someone else who says, I, I want to learn more about it? Yeah, good question, Stefan. So it really, uh, the morning routine came as a result of struggles in the business. In 2017, we were losing a lot of big clients all at once. Fair, maybe not all at once, but like in a six-month period, like top five clients and so I felt like, whoo, man, like, I mean, in the agency world, losing clients, it's just everything has an expiration date. You don't keep clients forever. But, you know, to lose your top five in, in like a six to nine month period, it's like, whoa, baby, what's going on here? You know, yeah. felt very mediocre, felt very flustered, felt like things were kind of coming down on me. Um, and so, you know, I just started working on the business, of course, because obviously something was broken, but I started working on myself too. And that's, that's really when I started to go down this rabbit hole of personal growth. I was already reading mm -hmm. books about it, but at that time, you know, like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I heard Hal Elrod on a podcast talk about Miracle Morning, his book about morning routines, did not know that was a thing. And so I quickly started doing that in addition to other stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I started doing boxing now it's crap and God, but like, I just tried doing like different things that made me uncomfortable just mixing things up. And it just set me down this whole rabbit hole. And now I have the book and morning upgrade and the podcast, but the morning routine, I really turned it into like my pillar habit, like my pillar self-care habit that has had a ripple effect in everything else in my life. Yep. And so over time I adapted it to my own routine. Like I don't follow miracle morning anymore. I kind of just. It's like if you're a chef and you cook a lot, you come up with your own recipe. Now I have my own recipe for morning routines that takes less than 30 that. minutes. I love and that. And I can tell you about it if you think it's helpful uh, for those listening. I, I would love for you to tell us. I mean, that's listen, that's why you're here, my friend, because I, I'd love to hear a little more about it. So if, 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 if I'd be a guy coming to you and say, hey, Ryan, how should I start building my morning routine? I mean, let's get very practical for a moment. And for people listening, guys, listen and pay attention now. What would you say to me? I would say start with something that you can realistically stick with for 30 days straight. And, you know, I, I have the privilege of interviewing people about their morning routine. I'm up to 110 episodes, 11 episodes. And so I've heard morning routines from like three hour ice baths and like things that you have to build into unless you're like mm -hmm. a maniac, you have to build up to that. So I would say start <laughs> with something that you can realistically stick with. That's why mine is less than 30 minutes because with three kids and, wife and just every morning is like complete chaos. I need something that I can realistically stick with. 
And so I honestly look forward to my morning routine. So I think that yeah. you, you have to get to the point though. You have to give yourself grace and allow yourself to get to that point. So I would say start small. Like I've had some guests, uh, one comes to mind, he just journals for three pages every morning and he just gets out what's on his mind. And it's very therapeutic. Takes yeah. him 15 minutes. Um, you can literally just do gratitude practice, meditation, a little bit of movement. Um, there's different like things to pull from to craft it. But I would say I love for it. those listening, just start small and then and then build from there once you form the habit, you know. I think that's a big piece, right? I think it's not about measuring yourself. How long are you you doing your morning routine? I'm gonna do more. I think it's the the piece you said, what really stuck with me is be kind to yourself. Be gentle, kind of grow into it, but make a commitment that you know you can stick with, which is yes. oftentimes for us, it's time-based, right? I mean, my morning routine, I years ago, I, I, I did the 20-20-20 when first the 5 a.m. club came out from uh, mm. uh, Robin Sharma. Yeah. And it killed me. I'll tell you honestly, I had no enjoyment. <laughs> I mean, I had no enjoyment whatsoever by getting up at 5 o'clock. So my routine has changed. I get up at 7 a.m. and I take my dog out on a walk, 15, 20 minutes. We love it along the water. And then I get on my bicycle, which is a Peloton. I do a 30-minute Peloton ride every day. Then I meditate for 10 minutes. And then I either read or write. And then I'm off. So my day is about 45 minutes to about 50 minutes. Then I shower. So after about an hour and five minutes of after I come back with the dog i'm ready to do business which is about 9 30 a.m and that's like that's my program in the morning that's my routine every single day um except sundays i play soccer but so that's the piece where you know i think listening to you and i think the consistency of that and doing it every single day i think is so important curiosity are you doing the same practice every single day monday through sunday or are there days where you say you know what i'm doing it three days a week going back to your point you got to be gentle with yourself. You got to commit to something that's reasonable and that's doable. Do you practice that morning routine every single day or are there certain days where you give yourself off? Um, I'm pretty consistent. I do the same thing every day. I will say that as life has gotten more complicated, if I miss a day here and there, like I signed my one daughter up for club soccer, not knowing that I was enrolling myself into a arguably a full-time job. <laughs> uh, Saturday, I have to I have to, I have to get her up at five thirty to leave the house by six fifteen to drive an hour north to be there by seven fifteen. So I was like, I saw the app, the team. It's called Team Snap, and I was like, is this correct? Like, what what are we doing here? Um, so that day, I probably won't do the I love it. routine. I love uh, it. Uh, sending regards to all the soccer moms and soccer dads listening. I mean, I got to tell you, I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, I remember I coached my daughter soccer, and it was thank God it was a short drive. I was living at that time in Newton and was coaching in Wellesley, which is kind of on the west side of 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 uh of boston and she was playing in one of the teams as well and oh my god it's like you said it's like a full day planning it's like everything from there's the water parents there's the orange parents there's the food parents there's the coolers you got to get ready you got to get the kit ready you got to get the shoes ready you got to be clean you got to be oh my god it's that's like and, and it's like a full time you need you need to hire like a soccer nanny for that <laughs> i mean it's like crazy I'm starting to realize that like all the, all the dads have like these yetis and it, for, this is for softball. Cause like for softball, they play double headers now. And so it's tournaments where you're there for five, six hours. The first game I was there, all the dads had yetis. I'm like, huh? And then I realized it's because you're, you're gone for like the full, a full day. You need to feed and eat. You need, <laughs> you need the food box on you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, <laughs> that's funny. Like, the soccer yeti culture, I love it. That is fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's talk about your kids for a moment. You got you got three kids, right? Three girls. Yes, they keep you busy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's work, just one example I gave you, but there's more. more work than that. life, work life balance, work life integration. How are you managing it, dude? Parents listening here, young parents listening, particular dads. As dads, we're always in this like this this juxtaposed position and, and girls, they have us like this. I remember from my daughter, whatever they want. Okay, honey, whatever they want. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, we do anything we can for them. Right. I'm sure you do the same thing. How are you, how are you integrating the two pieces and, and somebody listening again? I always want us to be a little bit off dispersing some knowledge, like the things we've screwed up on and then we learn something about it. Is there something that sticks out for you where you're saying, Hey, you know, I used to do this, but this works actually much better. I mean, the key, honestly, is just being okay with being very mediocre across all areas of your life. You know, no, I'm joking. Um, it, it's been, I'm trying to think. I've had to, I have a tendency to work a lot, like always be on the laptop. And so like going back to being present, I had a mm-hmm. tendency just to have my laptop open to the last minute, you know, the till I fall mm-hmm. asleep. And so, and it doesn't really like work for me. So like, I don't feel like it's a problem, but it is a problem because if my daughter sees me with the laptop open all the time, I'm sending a message as to what's the priority. And so I think uh, sports honestly has been a big thing because it's, it's forced me, if I want to use that word, to be more involved because my one daughter does cheer and yep. then soccer yep. and softball and then dance and then there's games and there's this practice. Yep. So every day, like five o'clock, I, becomes a, I become an, an unpaid Uber driver, but it's fine because I'm driving here and there. So it's like it's time I get to spend with them, you know? And then the games and the weekends, uh, the mornings, of course, getting ready with them in the school. So it's just like, it's just, uh, sports definitely is it. And they're just looking for opportunities to spend time with them. Like big thing for us is we like to go to, go to Chili's, you know, by us and our yard house and just have some lunch in the weekends and just, they love doing that. And it's, it's yeah. another, it's another more time with them. So it's really just, um, just being attentional and trying to create opportunities to be together. I love Nothing, it. It's not I perfect, love it. but it's the best I could do. No, right now. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. I think presence is such an important thing, right? We talked about it earlier. How do you handle presence? I mean, I think one of the things you mentioned earlier, a lot of your company now works remotely. Um, and, and people, I mean, as human beings, we have this inherent need to belong, right? That's one of the biggest pieces. Yep. And, um, how are you individually, but also with your company as you, as you running these businesses, how are you dealing with the kind of the sense of belonging, kind of the cohesiveness of teams? Are there things that you all have experienced over the last two years where you can share maybe some insight, but also maybe some tips? Yeah, it's been challenging with pushing people remote. I will say I took over managing the team about three months ago. Um, I had the person that was doing that leave and I was like, you know what? I should take on this role because I felt myself sort of becoming too distanced from everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was like, a, it, that's a slippery slope. And I was like, I should take on this role because also not that I'm a, I'm not a coach. I'm not, but I'm into personal development, personal growth. And I looked at this as an opportunity to kind of like get closer to them and train them and listen to them. And so like when I do my check-in calls with them every, every week or two weeks, you know, I try to listen to what they have going on in their life and remember mm-hmm. what they said. So the next time I can repeat it back to them being present, like actively listening. That's something I try yeah. to work on. Um, you know, we also, I mean, everyone's kind of, once we push the company remote, a lot of people, um, left New Jersey. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, Austin, Seattle, Virginia, you know, everyone just kind of left. There's a few people still here, but we have like an annual party during the summer, but now it's like not as exciting because everyone's not here. So we try to do like these virtual events, like uh, for Christmas time, we have everyone pick like two or three things on Amazon that they want. And then we pick one of them, we ship it to them. Then we all have to get, we all get together on a zoom call and we open up the gifts. Okay. Um, so, and then like other things too, like I think the biggest thing I'm trying to do right now and time will tell, let's see if it's, if it works is really investing in them. So I do like mm-hmm. monthly training. I bring on an expert. Uh, we have one this Friday on like conflict resolution with clients. And so I try to invest in them and I, I and I make it, uh, I want them to know that I'm investing in them. And then also just getting to know them better. Like I said before on our checking calls. So there's a relationship, you know, not that we're like best friends, but there's a relationship that, that Absolutely. seems to be going really well. I'm enjoying it. I feel like they're resonating with it. If I'm reading yeah, them right. That's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. You've been through your own struggles as well on a very personal level. Mm-hmm. And you, today you talk about it and that's part of your journey and part of, you know, making your way onto the other side of the, of the river, so to speak. Um, and, and you shared this very kindly with me and you, you said you allow me to kind of talk a little bit about it. And, and, and I want to give you the lead here. Eating disorder is something that I know you've struggled with mm-hmm. and, and you found your way partially through all the things that we've talked about. Uh, morning routines, consistency, commitment to self, accountability to kind of make it to the other side of this. Um, can you share a little bit about this, what your, what your journey was like and 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 what's worked for you and, and maybe people listening who are dealing with similar things can take some inspiration from or hope? Yeah. So I w- it goes back to um, I think it started in sixth grade. Uh, that's when I think it started, seventh grade, being called fat in fifth grade and then the seeds planted sixth grade. I know seventh and eighth grade was very bad. Ninth grade, it started getting better, but really it just started it just like basically starving myself, you know, like not eating anything. Mm. Um, I don't really have a ton of memories from it. I know like a lot of the pictures from me back then are not around for some reason. And <laughs> so I think there's a reason why. Um, but I remember just be always feeling very self-conscious. And even when I was very thin, I still felt like I was fat, you know, and I, I wouldn't say I have a complete cure. Like, Back in my night, when I was like 19, 20 years old, at my peak of like working out and stuff like that, I saw pictures of myself like, wow. But even back then, I like beach season, like I felt like this, this overwhelming uncomfortableness being at the beach and stuff like that. And so I'm not sure why it is. I mean, maybe it's just confidence issues. It was like, you know, just kids being dicks and, and, uh, sorry, I don't think use that word, but when I was in fourth and fifth grade and that just kind of, you know, just developing into what it became. Um, how did I fix it? <clears throat> Ninth grade, I, I started, I guess I just started maturing, but I also mm. started developing a more, uh, I, I started developing more interest in like fitness, working out the right way, health, uh, vitamins, what to eat, what not to eat. And I think that over time just naturally created a more healthy relationship with food where I didn't want to starve myself because, you know, I was working out. I was yeah, like, yeah playing sports and I wanted to like get stronger and bigger. And you can't do that if you're starving yourself. So I think naturally, um, a bit, it never like, even if I think about the high school too, like, um, that, that then turned into an obsession because I wouldn't eat like any candy. I was like in supreme condition, but mentally probably not. And so it's really just, it's been a, it, maybe that's why I'm so into personal development. It's just been a, you know, it's been a constant journey just to get over that and mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. any confidence issues I had and just, 
feel like I'm, you know, a contributing member of the society and I'm living a fulfilled life and impacting those around me. I and so, are, are there, are there resources that you discovered where you say, you know what, this really has helped me. I mean, you've mentioned earlier, somebody from a self-development journey you're on and, and started with, are there other resources that you kind of remember that helped you particular groups, communities, anything else like that, that somebody listening who is kind of on that search of do I have an eating disorder or not that's helped you potentially? So I didn't go to any therapist back then. You know, I, <clears throat> you know, I don't, my parents didn't push me forward. I was only what, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And so they didn't push me to do that. I kind of just figured it, I had to figure it out on my own, I guess. I had a solid, I had a solid friend group in, in, in the high school that really helped. I yeah. mean, I think, I think if you yeah. think fast forward to today, masterminds are really key. So, I mean, it depends on how old you are, I guess, but um, masterminds. I mean, three of them, I think, you know, having that support group, it really comes down to a support group or surrounding yourself with people that have a similar interest, interests yep. as you. Um, yep. I'm your one particular mastermind that I'm seeing them next month, 11 guys, you know, like they know everything about me and I know everything about them. And so having that support group is really important. And so that's, that's, that's what yeah. I would say. I, 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 I want to kind of explore a little bit something here because you just said it and it kind of Going, huh, interesting. Because I'm I'm the same way. I, I've learned in my older age that having a solid larger group of guys you can rely on is an important thing for yeah. accountability, for sharing things. Call it mastermind, call it a bunch of friends, call it a support group, whatever somebody calls that. Mm-hmm. How big of a role has that played for you? Because I think a lot of guys, they're very afraid of talking about it and say, hey, listen, A, I need, and it has nothing to do with health or, or addiction or anything else, just in general terms. I need help. I don't know everything. I'm, I've got to be vulnerable. I want to tell you guys that this is what I'm struggling with. It could be business, can be personal, it can be whatever it is. How much of a role has that played for you, having this mastermind, as you call it, or whatever we want to call it, in your personal development, but also just being this incredible, incredible influence of other guys holding you up, but also holding you accountable, right? It's been gigantic. I mean, the one mastermind I'm part of, I've been part of for four years, which goes back to when the, back to the morning routine, that was 2017. So it's like a little bit after that, but that was like my next iteration of what can I do now? I've, I've done the morning routine, like what else? Oh, masterminds. Okay. And I just stumbled across that. And so I've been part of the same group and yeah, there's something about it. And it's not just, it's like, there's something about like being around guys every week that you all are striving towards the same thing and they're holding you accountable and you want to show up with a full cup. You want to support them. So it's very give and take. And so I have that, but I'm trying to like adapt that to my town here too in Montvale. Like I've got a solid friend group and it's slowly starting to expand, especially with the plethora of sports that we're doing. And so that's really, that fills my cup. Like there's nothing better than we have a weekend where we see friends and Maybe you, should, maybe you should start a group, Yeti Dads or something like that. What's that? Yeti Dads. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeti Dads. Join the club. That'd be awesome. I want to give you a little bit of space also to talk about, and I know you run basically three businesses right now. And, mm. and let's talk about it. So I know one's a marketing company, one's a roofing company, which has kind of been in the business for a long time. And I think that there's the marketing connection also to the roofing company. Is that right? Roofing is actually new. We started about a year ago. The the marketing goes back to the mid sixties. Okay. All right. So you see, you got to set me straight here. And then there's your whole podcast and morning upgrade and the book you wrote. So let's kind of, you, you put it in order how you want to talk about it, but I want listeners to know, because I think everybody's got such a great impression of you now 
in, in terms of how real you really are, right? There's no, I, I don't get any bullshit from you, which is, I absolutely love that. And thank you for that. So let's talk about, you know, you put it in order. Maybe historically, we'll start, we'll talk about the marketing company first. Yeah, it has to be that because I started that, I not started that. I joined that company in 2003. I was an employee until uh, my dad retired. Then me and my brothers uh, bought his, his, his side of it. So since 2017, we've been owners and that's uh, direct mail and digital marketing. Direct mail, we work with very large companies that do a lot of mail, like nonprofit, large nonprofits, travel companies, et cetera. On the digital side, we work with mostly manufacturing, contractors, industrial companies that need more leads. So it's two different two different audiences. Technically, it's two different businesses legally too. But um, So that's where I spend most of my time in is on the Got digital it. side of, of the business, running that whole managing the team doing all the sales and all of that. Love it. So somebody listening, um, if there's somebody, a CEO, a marketing person listening who's saying, oh my God, or an entrepreneur uh, uh, of a business, who would be, and I don't want to ask, well, who's the perfect client avatar? That's such a, such a cliche question. But if somebody is listening, who do you want to talk to or who should reach out to you right now and say, oh my God, perfect. I'm in, is, are you mostly working with local companies in the New Jersey area are you working national? Are you working anywhere in the world? What's kind of the, the, the sweet spot for you guys? Yeah, I'll answer that from the digital side. <clears throat> the digital side, it's uh, nationwide. I would say any manuf- CEO, president from a, a manufacturing company, less than 50 employees, between 10 and 50 employees, they don't have any marketing people. They've got a website, but it's not doing anything for them in terms of being a viable sales channel. We would change all that. We help them so- get leads. So conversion and, and all these things like make it sticky and actually some calls of action so people actually can connect sales follow up etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Exactly, basically that's leads, awesome. Yeah, you know, form submissions, that's phone awesome. calls, all of that. Are there examples you can name, or I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some confidentiality with your clients, but are there any examples in terms of what expectations should be? Because I think that's another thing. I mean, you know the industry better than anybody. What should when somebody calls you guys and says, "Hey, I need some help with my website. I'm not doing anything actively, no active outreach. We're not doing anything to track who's coming to the website, how we follow up, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. What should their expectation be in the journey with you guys? But also, what can somebody expect when they reach out? And I don't mean in terms of money, just in what happens. What's the possibility? Yeah, I mean, like we love the situations where, like, we we signed on a client about six months ago. They do like uh, device programming for like circuit boards and some like really niche stuff like that. They had a nice, they had a fairly nice website, but they weren't doing anything to market it. They're getting absolutely no leads, and it took us a little while to crack the code because even though it's digital, it's not immediate. But we started doing like Google ads for them, search engine optimization, um, some content creation, things like that. Yeah. And now their site's getting a regular stream of leads, whereas before it was like. It was like a dead thing for them. Now it's like an it's like almost like a silent salesperson. Results will vary. It just depends on sure. the client's brand and the and the business and all that. But basically, if you've got a site that's not performing, not generating leads, in most cases we can change that like nine out of ten times. I love that. That's awesome. And the best way to reach that part of the business, either you or I mean, obviously you're on on uh, on LinkedIn. But what's the best way to get in touch with you guys then? Yeah, I would go to Valentine.com. That's so B A L L A N T I N E dot com, correct? Yes, sir. All right, that's guys, it. if you're listening, we're gonna put this in the show script as well and we'll make it available on the website as well. So that's the that's the marketing company, those two parts. Now let's yes. talk about the roofing company next, or we're we talking about the book first. Uh what's about roofing? Then we'll then we'll finish up with morning upgrades. So the, the right, roofing awesome. 
We uh, started that about a year ago. That's just like an entrepreneurial experiment. We think we could do it better in, in North Jersey. Um, and so we, 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 you know, we created a website. Uh, we started to advertise it. I'm doing some networking. My, uh, we're doing some direct mail for the business. And we're starting to get Google reviews and jobs. It's mostly roofing and siding in New Jersey. That's where we're licensed. We have subs. So it's not like us doing the work. And so we're basically at the marketing and sales channel. So and, you're almost uh, like the aggregator. Then you you become kind of the hub for people to find work almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love it. I love and, it. You know, it's taken us a little while to find some subs that we're that we can rely on because sometimes they like take they like to cut corners and to save money. And so we've had we've burned through a couple that weren't doing it the way we needed them to, but we've got a good stable base now. Um, this year will probably be break even, which the first year is fine, and then next year we think that's when it's going to really start to ramp up, just the way that's things fantastic. are looking. You know? There's guys, if you're listening as entrepreneurs, there no, there's an entrepreneurial venture. He can tell you a thing or two about it. I love how did you guys decide you're gonna do a roofing company? Well, um were you just so pissed off about the roofing company who did your own roof that you said I'm gonna do my own? No, I guess it's we you know, it, it we like the roofing because it's it's usually a one day job and it and it bills out, you know, it depends on the roof. A roof can be fifty thousand dollars if you've got like a ginormous yeah. house. But they it, it bills out, um it, it, it takes one day to do. Um, we have the subs that can do it so that we can scale it indefinitely. And, um, it just, it, it, like we saw opportunities do things better. Like we come to the job, we come to the person's home with a quote, because once they fill out a form submission, there's software where it measures the roof and you can estimate what the cost will be unless there's unknowns, but then we adjust the quote. So we yeah. come to the house with a quote, we show up real professional, clean, um, We've got a really good follow-up process in place to get reviews and whatnot. And so we just think like, you know, we think we can do it better. And so we're just, we'll see. I love it. I love it. Congrats. That's awesome. I love that. And now finally, let's talk about morning upgrade. There's a whole story. Yes. Right, we talked a lot about the morning upgrade already, but, uh, you know, obviously you wrote a book. Um, let's talk about the book maybe a little bit and how that ties into morning upgrades. Yes. Okay. So the morning upgrade, uh, I started that during COVID. It's a passion project. It's an LLC. It makes some money. It pays for itself. I'm going to turn it into a business, like an actual revenue driving, generating business eventually. Right now I'm just having fun building the brand, speaking to people like, like you and, uh, the book and the, and everything else. I'm just having fun building it and trying to create something that's valuable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it's a blog. It's a podcast, uh, a weekly podcast. I've got the book that I wrote as another just way to spread the message. Yep. The book goes over morning routines, but also goes goes over how I try to inject personal development into my home, into my workplace, my company. Uh, it talks about health and fitness. Uh, yep. It talks about mindset. So it's basically everything that I've tried to that I've learned over the years. Not that I'm like telling you how to do things. I'm just giving you based on my experience what has helped me. And so it's sort of like a handbook for all that stuff. It's only 112 pages. It's easy read, but it packs yeah. a lot of meat into those hundred. I love it. Pages. That's awesome. How can people get a hold of that book? Uh, it's on Amazon, but also if you just go to morningupgrade.com, there's a link in the navigation. Nice. I'll take you right there. Nice. Morningupgrade.com. Yes, love sir. It. Love it. Um, if there's one thing that sticks out for you on morning upgrade on the book, that motivated you to write this? What was it? Uh, I kind of look, sorry, I was trying to think, my, 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 my mind naturally gravitated towards morning routines, but we talked about that. I, I think 
my my view of how I look at personal growth and personal development has changed, especially as I've gone through this morning upgrade journey, the businesses, the course, the optimized course. I really look at like personal development. This is my opinion, whatever it's worth. I look at personal development as like training for life because we're all going to deal with challenges. We're all going to deal with self-doubt. You know, we're all going to deal with, you know, just everything that life throws at you, just complications and the good stuff too. Like, and you know, sometimes we're not present enough to recognize the good stuff and the, and the wins and all that stuff. Yeah. And so I look at personal development as like training for life. And so it's fueled my mission even more with morning upgrade. And so that's, that's kind of where my mind that's went. Inspiration. I love it. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So let's, let's summarize this. If people want to get marketing help and everything else, they go to ballantine.com. If people want to get a new roof, where do they go for that in New Jersey? And if they're in Montville, we get somebody listening in New York or Montville, New Jersey, and they know somebody need a new roof in the area, where do they go for that? That's a ballantinehomeimprovement.com. That's easy enough. Ballantinehomeimprovement.com. So Ballantine, you just extend from the marketing directly there. You're in home improvement. I love it. And then there's the third piece, which is the morningupgrade.com, which is the book. And you can get the book right there or on Amazon. If people want to get in touch with you and they say, this guy, I really want to talk to him directly. How can they connect with you personally? Yeah, I would say go to morningupgrade.com. There's a contact page and that form goes right to me. My, my email address is also Ryan at morningupgrade.com. Also Ryan at ballantine.com. It's all the same. Excellent. Me, so. Now we're now we get everybody completely confused. <laughs> Ryan at ballantine.com. I'm going to say ballantine again. B-A-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. Morning upgrade, just as you say it, morning and upgrade, not the downgrade, the upgrade we want, .com, and Ballantine Home Improvement.com. Yes, the you singular, right? Improvement. Uh, improvement, yeah. Ballantine yeah. Home Improvement. There you go. See, I paid attention once in my life. Ryan, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Usually when this music plays, that's like our song, which says we're out of time. And I want to really, really thank you. I mean, there's a lot of people I talk to in personal, in business. I really enjoyed this conversation because this was real. And if you guys listened, you know this was real. What I saw here, what I felt, the way you come across, the way we had our first conversation, I'm really immensely grateful for that. Remember, guys, so the way you reach him is ballantine.com, B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E.com. Now I'm going to screw myself up here. .com, that is for the marketing. You need digital marketing help. You want to actually have a website that converts and generates you some business. And Ryan, you called it earlier, kind of the, the silent salesman, the digital salesman that's helping you as well. Talk to these guys. If you need a new roof, ballantinehomeimprovement.com. That's another thing, but that's only in New Jersey. The other, the digital marketing piece is nationwide. Yes. And the third piece is morning upgrades, regardless if you need a roof or if you just need to talk marketing or you just somebody like Ryan and I who've been through our journey of all the trials and tribulations and you want a little bit more support, stability, consistency in your life, morningupgrade.com is a book you can order either right there on the website and also get in touch with Ryan, but also you can order it on Amazon. Ryan, I want to say once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Truly appreciate you. Truly appreciate you being here with us. And there's only one thing left for us to do, and that is Stefan and Ryan, and we're out.
You've been listening to Raw Rants. Our hope is to interview guests that will help you leap ahead by learning from them, their experiences, their hardships, and their wins. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, check out the website at rawrants.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Raw Rants Podcast. See you next time on Raw Rants.